Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dishes and Dimes podcast presented by BasketballNews.com. Uh, today's a special episode. We're joined by a guest today, Ashley Docking, who is a Toronto-based bar- broadcaster. Um, she has a recent piece in the Toronto Star entitled The Kickback. Uh, do you want to give us like a rundown about what it's about for those who haven't read it yet? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I first started doing the piece, I was trying to really give credence to the fact that sneaker culture isn't as superficial as some people might feel it is just from looking on the outside. You see super expensive collaborations. You see big time stars with signature shoes. You see now even like designers working with Jordan brand. Um, So I think a lot of people who aren't in the know about sneaker culture, they could really think that it's kind of just a bunch of clout chasers. Um, But I found an organization called The Kickback who's doing some great work in the community, providing kids with really high end sneaker donations. So they kind of have one less thing to worry about when it comes to kind of fitting in with their peers and can really focus on achieving their dreams. Wow. Um, I I honestly tried to get into sneaker culture in the summertime and then I just realized like I'm way out of my depth. (laughs) It it goes in deep. Like it's literally a whole culture. Like there is, there's like a secret code, there's slang, there's a stuff that I did not know like where to begin. It was overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, I think that it's definitely overwhelming and it goes by so quickly. It's just like, this is cool today. This isn't cool tomorrow. It's kind of like technology in that sense. But I would say for people who are overwhelmed, and this is not me coming from a point of being a sneakerhead, it's kind of like, they're, they're just like a club, like stamp collectors or something that we would deem a little bit more nerdy, but just now in the social conscience, sneakers are super cool. Um, so anyone can get involved. It's like I work for Nike. <laughs> I honestly like that's a good point because it, literally in a matter of like a season, you'll see a shoe that was like otherwise affordable just triple in price because it's like what is deemed trendy right now. You know, I think we've seen that with like Air Force Ones or like uh, even Vans or. Doc Martens, honestly, like it goes beyond sneaker culture. Those I remember like, yeah, like it's actually insane. Um, So I have to plug this before we really get into like the meat of the off season. Um, So I know probably a few of you guys, if you're involved in Toronto Twitter, you've probably noticed uh, Sidra, one of our hosts. um, She just spontaneously uh, thought of this venture where she uh, had kind of people mobilize and raise money to, um, donate to local food banks in Peel and Toronto. Um, she's already passed the $8,500 mark in a matter of like a couple of days, which is just amazing. Uh, I don't think people understand this is going to provide hundreds of boxes of food, of culturally appropriate food to those most in need. And we know that uh, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, that, you know, those deemed in need has just grown um, so it's an amazing effort done by her. Uh, for those who don't know, all proceeds will be going to uh, Brampton's Knights, ta- Knights Table, sorry, Mississauga Seva Food Bank, as well as Black Food Toronto and Parkdale's Community Food Bank. Um, she called a couple of these locations and they were just absolutely ecstatic to know that um, so much money would be funneled towards them. So anyways, shout out to Sidra. If you're interested in donating, I'm pretty sure she's extending it one more day. Um, so check out her timeline. Uh, let me make sure. I think she's Kashmiri like Chai 32. Uh, I'm probably going to include it in the description of this episode uh, so you guys can reach out to her if you're interested. Uh, so, moving on, the NBA offseason is winding down. 
Weirdly enough, there's still much to discuss. Uh, a lot has happened over the course of the last couple of days. Uh, I, I just wrote this down first, so we don't even have to discuss it first, but the John Wall and Russ Westbrook trade initially like emerged as a rumor and people kind of brushed it off because it just seemed like such an even swap that didn't really benefit either sides, but it actually happened. Like John Wall, who's been with the um, Washington Wizards for like over a decade, has been swapped with Russell Westbrook, who's been bouncing around now. Like it's kind of strange how like the mighty have like fallen. So I honestly feel for Russell, but uh, his value was just something that was becoming um, a bit of a like I don't know. I feel like Lee was playing hot potato with his value. Uh, so what are your thoughts, guys, on this swap? Do you think either side has benefited? Do you think that this is going to turn out even worse than many have predicted? Um, Ashley, go ahead if you have any thoughts. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting, your perspective on Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't really feel bad for him. Um, <laughs> I think he's like... I'm a Russ fan. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was the biggest Russ fan, too, but I think he's kind of like the sneaky little minx in this situation. Like, him and Harden collaborated to bring himself to Houston, right? right. And essentially, he was the other woman. Chris Paul <laughs> was the wife. And they facilitated getting Chris Paul out of town. Russell Westbrook's like, listen, leave your wife, send your kids with her, the draft picks, bring me over, and let's do this. And then things weren't going that well, and he's like, you know what, I don't know about this culture, I don't know about the accountability here, I would like to leave. <laughs> and basically exit exited himself from the situation again. So this whole time, it feels like he's really had his handle on the pulse of things, and he's been in control. But now it's time to, okay, you got to kind of put up now because you've gotten this reputation of being a little bit difficult to work with, being unhappy in a lot of different situations. So when does it end? When do you find your home? You know, when are you finally satisfied? Right. And this is kind of reflecting funny on James Harden because I, I think I saw like an image where people were showing just how many co-stars he's recycled through over the course of the last few years. So Sandy, yeah. uh, what do you think about how this is going to turn out? I can't wait to see Wall and Harden together. Like, I'm curious. A legit movie. Like, those two. <laughs> first of all, we don't know if Wall is healthy. Yeah. He can still dribble a basketball. He hasn't played basketball in like two years at this point. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, and then I do think with Russell, it's, I mean, as a Raptors fan, it kind of annoys me because Washington's going to be that annoying team that we've we've constantly had to play over the years. Um, they're definitely going to like they're likely going to make it to the playoffs. Um, but I, I'm just I'm just interested to see how they all mesh um, in the respective teams that they're going to. Uh, I don't know who's playing defense on Washington. They still haven't figured that out. So I. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> this is, this is a lot. Like, this is a yeah. lot. I, I was very shocked. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and, and it happened. So it's, kind of, it's, a, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it's a lot of money on the fly. Right. Cause you're totally right. Like you see John Wall's contract and they're like, he's untradeable. No yeah. one wants him. He's rickety. He definitely walks with a squeak. And <laughs> it, like, you know, you hear him coming from around the corner. You're like, oh, John's here. Cool. Um, but if you look at also like the research of NBA players who have had Achilles injuries, 
mm-hmm. and tried to make a comeback. Like a number of them have not played in the NBA again. Right. And most of them have had actually all of them have had their efficiency drop significantly. And then it continues to drop the second year. This kind of theory that we've heard about James Harden, who's like, listen, I'm fine not being the main ball handler. I'm fine kind of returning to my OKC roots where I can just, you know, create a shot for myself or kind of draw the defensive pass to someone else. I don't really need to pound the rock. But then you see him play with someone like Chris Paul, who's a traditional point guard, or you see him play with someone like Russell Westbrook, who likes to have the ball in his hands as well. And he's still the main guy with the ball in his hands. So something just doesn't add up to me. And I just don't really, I'm, I'm kind of having trouble buying the story coming out of Houston, uh, especially now that Harden, I, I'm sure you guys saw, is like out in the club, partying with little baby after we'll Shams. Get to that. Girl, something is not adding up. Something yeah. Like, it's, it's interesting because I honestly used to chalk it up to D'Antoni's system, just like this is how Harden um, is used to playing. He's almost, you know, um, committed to the system to a fault. Uh, so I think I have to see it without D'Antoni there. Like we know that he went to Brooklyn to be an assistant coach there. Um, I think I'm going to have to see Harden play under like the tutelage of another coach before I judge whether it's him. But if he does look like the exact same player and it's um, just that heliocentric system that revolves around him, then I'm going to be looking at him funny. And I'm going to be questioning whether uh, Houston should just, you know, get rid of that contract, get a, accumulate as much assets as possible. Because right now it's not looking good. It's honestly like I, I this morning I saw all of the images and stuff about, you know, where Harden was last night. Uh, and I'm like, why is everyone in his business? And then I realized that today was the first day of practice. Hello. <laughs> I'm like, why is everyone bothering hard and let him party up? Like, if he wants to hang out with little baby, like, let him do that. <laughs> I, and then I realized that it was the first day of training camp, and he was literally missing out on his first um, day to connect with John Wall, you know, prior to the season. So in a shortened season, in a shortened training camp where every day is just as valuable, like, uh, it's just absolute insanity. Like, I think he's trying to, and then, uh, you have words from, uh, coaching staff in Houston where they're saying that, um, I forgot, it was something along the lines of, you're going to have to ask Harden if this season means something to him or if he's ready to play. And I'm like, this is not looking good. (laughs) Guy wants to leave. And I think he's, I, I think he purposely went out last night knowing what the optics would look like. I think he's trying to, oh, yeah. and of course they're not going to let him go there. He's the cash cow. Right. Um, but I think he was like, if you want to keep me, you're going to have to deal with the dramatics. And so he's going to, yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like it messy. She likes it messy. She's like, I, like I can't messy. wait for the headline. Uh, it, you know, you're totally right though. It kind of reminds me of, I think I was like 16 or 17 or something like that. My parents were pretty strict with me. And at one point they're like, I did something they didn't like. I think I was late coming home. They're like, you're grounded. And I was like, with all due respect, I'm going to go. <laughs> and then my mom's just like, well, you know, you know, TV then I was like, that's fine. Cause I'll be out. Right. Here's where I'm going to be. <laughs> you have my cell phone number. I will be home at like 10 PM or something like that. I love you so much. Um, talk to you later and I think she was just so taken aback and she's like I don't really know if I have 
um, move here and like for sure insert joke about white parents somewhere in here because there's definitely some kind of cultural disparity because if it was like my West Indian grandma there would be some kind of broom handle coming from my head <laughs> however that wasn't the case and so I think that the Rockets are kind of in a situation like that where like they have this guy who makes tons of money who's the face of the franchise who's a really good basketball player who's just saying I'm going to test the boundaries and I'm going to see what you guys do with it exactly yeah and it's it, it's it's just so bad for the culture building there like i i think whatever they had has completely disintegrated like with prior to the last season d'antoni lost his coaching staff and then d'antoni leaves and then daryl Morey leaves who's been like the architect of the system there so uh it's not looking good for them to that in my opinion they should just trade hard and it's clearly what he wants um and it's never good to move forward with the disgruntled um superstar we know that we've seen it happen with the spurs um it does not bode well for anybody involved so uh they, they're probably you know um should they should be looking at options uh into trading him probably not to the brooklyn nets because that would not be good for anybody um, but, but perhaps to another organization uh, perhaps not one in the east but anyways <laughs> for me specifically as a raptors fan no, exactly no. not in the east thank you <laughs> Yes, unless it's to the Raptors, but that's another story. Um, so today uh, was Giannis's birthday. Um, no media account on Twitter would let us forget it. Like literally every major NBA-related account was uh, showing his clips and everything. Um, so free agency began how long ago now? I think it's been two weeks. COVID time or real time? Because COVID time, it's been about six months. Yeah. <laughs> so over the course of the last six months, um, I honestly thought that if Giannis was to sign anything, it would happen relatively immediately. You know, like it would just be a done deal. He goes on to into, he goes on into training camp without that cloud hanging over him and his teammates, right? Uh, nothing has happened yet. You know, a lot of people thought, you know, American Thanksgiving and then his birthday, like it must happen eventually, but we have yet to see, you know, pen put to paper. Uh, apparently as a joke, his teammates bought him like 20 pens. <laughs> I think they assumed they just simply did not have a pen. That's why he did not sign anything yet. Um, so what do you guys think would be the most likely scenario here? Do you think that uh, he will wait until after twenty the 21st of the month when free agency ends and just hold out until the next season to sign? Or do you think it's something that's going to happen within the next uh, week or two? I don't know. I can't really tell. With Giannis, I can't really tell. If it was any other superstar, I'm definitely saying he's going to wait until um, the summer and, and see what his options are. But he seems like he goes against the grain. Um, he's always been the player that goes against the grain. And he does seem like the player that would be loyal to a fault. Um, so I really, even as much as I want him to be on the Raptors, I genuinely have, I've genuinely thought that he would stay um, with yeah. them, um, unless they really, really, really mess it up this season. Um, and they kind of did with the boy on the Bogdan thing. Right. I think that was really bad. Right. I read and I think maybe that might have, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to mention that, you know, we read about how uh, apparently he, he's been recruiting Bogdan personally uh, to come to right. the team, and they messed that up, like, in a grand way. <laughs> right. 
Um, so I think maybe that might have influenced his decision, um, and we may not get that signing before the season starts. And he may actually just wait and see what his options are, a.k.a. the Raptors. So I'm just, I don't know. With Giannis, I, I really hope he gives he gives um, other teams, a.k.a. the Raptors, a shot. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he uh, wanted to um, – to sign um, with the Bucks, there is the option to sign and to request a trade. We've seen it happen, so that is right. an option as well. So I'm not gonna. Uh, he may just tra- he j- may just sign under the premise that if uh, they don't make it far enough in the playoffs this year, or um, get to the finals, or win a championship, he he's gonna leave. Um, so it could go many ways, but I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. How about you, Ashley? What do you think is the most likely scenario with the doomsday clock ticking now? I don't know. Honestly, I feel like every single time I think I have my my finger on the pulse of the situation, it always changes. Like, you're right, the Bogdan thing was super weird, and, like, they seemingly had terms in place, but then they sign, they sign holiday, and then it changes the way things are going to be um, for Bogdanovich, and then the money changes, so he's like, I'm not trying to go there. And I think that that's actually – doesn't bode well for the Bucks because Giannis is sitting there being like, okay, hold on. You guys are supposed to be making these moves to make me happy, to make us contenders, and you can't even get it right the first time. Like, how much time do you think you have? Um, and I guess, to me, for him, it all comes down to if he thinks that he can do it on his own. Um, because the more I think about it I kind of feel like Anthony Davis is a really good example of what Giannis is going through right now wherein he's an amazing player you can't take that away from him he's an all-star now he's an NBA champion but he had to team up with LeBron to do it and I just don't know how much Giannis is going to get done on his own every championship takes a little bit of magic LeBron James magic you know Steph Curry magic LeBron teaming up with Wade like Dirk Nowitzki winning, like all these things took like a little sprinkle of magic. And then the Raptors were this team that had this superstar and had this tight, tight window. And, you know, all the pieces kind of came together, no matter what the drama was happening behind the scenes, like it was magic. And I just don't know if there's much magic going around Milwaukee. And I just don't really know who's about to go there. Um, to play with him when there are other options. And we've seen young stars absolutely explode in the type of talent that's in the NBA. Um, I just don't know how appealing that destination is. I think he might have to move. I don't know if he has the clout and the pull to bring people to the Bucks, And that's probably going to determine his extension. And what's like an interesting wrinkle to all of this is that uh, Drew Holiday's contract is expiring too. So he doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee. He didn't choose where he was traded to. Um, So he doesn't even have that commitment from his co-star right now. So it just makes his situation even stranger because I think getting Bogdan would have been like, hey, he has a fringe all-star by his side along with Middleton that's locked up for the next few years. Might have made it, you know, an easier decision for uh, the Bucks front office to kind of build around them, and Giannis might have felt more comfortable signing on long term. But now, the co-star that they traded for is eligible to leave soon, and they got rid of, you know, Eric Bledsoe, their starting point guard in the process. So they would be starting from scratch with a lot of ugly contracts on the books. So it just like <laughs> and a superstar adds, who can't shoot a three. 
And it's your, exactly. It's your right. three. And you guys right. tell me the la- you guys tell me the last kind of big man or hybrid that won a title without shooting a three. Like Shaq. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. It's been, and then and that's been a minute. Um and so I just don't know if that equation works anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. He would have to I, I think in the perfect system, Giannis would be playing the five, just as Bam did once the playoffs rolled around. And then he would you know, he'd play that fake modern five and then he'd be surrounded by shooters. I think that's like the most uh, I feel like that would just be a, a way to maximize him in the modern NBA because Playing the four when you're not able to stretch the floor just looks ugly in the playoffs every single year. So um, I, hopefully he'll get a coach that can actually utilize him in that way. You know, Nick I know nurse. a guy. Nick nurse. <laughs> Nick <Yeah>. nurse. <laughs> so um, next topic. Today was the first day of training camp. As we know, uh, the Raptors had their first practice in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, Nick Nurse one thing that I really enjoy about him is that he's just so honest. Like if he says that someone sucked in practice, he'll literally mention it in the interview, but he just seemed like giddy. Like he was just like, yeah, everyone looked fit. Everyone looked happy, like in good spirits. Um, OG's looking great. Pascal's looking great. Um, Who do you think will be the first player called out by Nick Nurse (laughs) setting into the season? Because we know he has that, you know, um, monthly call out of just some poor soul on the roster uh, that has to turn it around in the next coming weeks or they will get no minutes. So, uh, Ashley, what is your uh, first prediction for that? I mean, it's got to be one of the new guys, right? Like, isn't that the way that it goes? Didn't he do that to Stanley last year? Poor Stanley's over there just trying to get his bearings after being drafted (laughs) super high and, like, not meeting expectations, Um, you know, trying his best out there. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if I'd even trust him to babysit my kids. But we'll see. Maybe he'll get minutes. You're like, damn, Nick, no one asked you all those questions. Like, (laughs) so I would imagine it's going to be one of the new guys because you're not going to really say it about Kyle. It probably just won't be true. Same with, like, Freddie. He complimented OG. You know, Pascal is, was in, like, a vulnerable and fragile state, to be honest with you. Um, and so he came in. He's feeling chipper. He's looking good. So I just feel like it would be one of the new guys. Uh, maybe one of the centers. Maybe Chris Boucher. Now that I'm, like, kind of going one. through yeah. it. Because I'm just like, who's, even, who's new? Who would he want to call out that has expectations? You know, yeah. Chris got a pretty decent contract. He signed a two-year for, like, 13 million change. Um, so maybe something like that. Because he's someone that probably has a high ceiling, I think, more than we've seen just because of his ability to shoot the three and, like, Giannis. Um, but he has, like, a low floor. Because right. he can, he he. When he gets more usage, you see him kind of make those inexperienced yeah. mistakes, yeah. Um, and so that'll hurt them if they're expecting a lot from him this year. What about you, Sandy? What's your guess? Yeah, she pretty much said Boucher. He's gonna make like a like I don't know who they're playing. I have to check the schedule, but it's gonna he's gonna mess up, and and Nick's gonna say something wild about the, <laughs> with the Pelicans. We're gonna see if they get up. So uh, I, I go for Boucher. Shout out to it's going to be really weird heading into the season, like expecting something from Boucher. Because over the last, he was always the victory cigar player. He does his cool dunks. He's a Canadian kid. We celebrate Canada when he's on the court. And then he's off the court as soon as something happens. So it's going to be weird having him actually play like a steady, like what, 15, 20 minutes. It looks like he's going to be Pascal's backup. So uh, they have no backup four. So he's going to be getting minutes with the starters. Um, so it's going to be crazy. Like he has his moments where he he looks like magnificent, but there are moments where he's like, 
who is this rookie on the court, even though he's like yeah. what, 27 years old? 29? <laughs> 29. Okay, stop. He's not almost 30, is he? He's not that old. No, not I think he's like 27, 28. 28, He's kind of the first case. He's like, we can all agree that Raptors 905 has had a number of like, feel-good signings, where they're bringing Canadian kids into the fold, you know, right. probably giving them a legitimate chance. I don't think that, you know, Masai and Bobby are pandering to anybody by signing these people. Like, they probably think they do have upside. But we do have a lot of nice, like, oh, it's cool to come and see whoever in, in Mississauga. Right. But aside from maybe, like, Corey Joseph, Chris Boucher, I think, is, like, really the first Canadian where we have these expectations now where it's like, this isn't just a feel good story anymore. It's like it, your story up to this point was like really nice, but now right. it's like, okay, now put up. Cause now your bank account's full. It's legit. Right. It's legit. Yeah. yeah. Really it's taking up cap space. It's not changing anymore. So you better lock it down. Masai will trade you. Like that's, that's the thing, right? Like that was a threat that, that contract was definitely, Oh yeah, like that threat. It was like it was kind of puffy, like the money that he gave him. Like I'm like, oh, that's definitely trade filler right there. Um, uh, you're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to a segment that I keep forgetting to do anytime I host a podcast, but then the other girls do it, and I feel really bad. So let's do our weekly dish. So our weekly dish, actually, um, if you don't know, is. Um, basically like a piece of interesting information, gossip, something controversial that we okay. hear that, you know, we want to highlight on the show. So this one, it has been kind of sparking a very interesting um, conversation on the timeline. So Kyrie Irving has released a statement uh, through, I think his like PR or manager or agent, I think it was his agent, uh, refusing to engage in post-game interviews. He insists that his play will speak for him and that he just doesn't want to engage anymore um and he's someone you know who's had some uh ugly exchanges um in post-game interviews i always think back to those um it's just it's so painfully awkward especially during his whenever he says something that's just kind of uh taken out of context it circulates and then he looks crazy in the process so i understand where he's coming from but a lot of people just feel as though um i guess they're kind of entitled to the engagement and they think that it's um further stigmatizing media members, I guess, as untrustworthy, et cetera. That's the conversation that I've been seeing. So uh, what do you guys think um, about his choice to do it? Um, do you think that he'll give in <laughs> soon in the season? Or um, do you understand where he's coming from? Sandy, go ahead. I totally understand where he's coming from. I mean, he's always been like a polarizing figure. He knows that whatever he says is typically twisted by fans and sometimes media. And so he wants to be in control of the narrative. He wants his game to speak for itself. And especially in a season where we don't know how the Nets are gonna look, we don't know what the chemistry is gonna look like. I understand why he would want to control that narrative. It makes me sad because, you know, Kyrie isms are my favorite isms, but if he doesn't feel like he wants to uh, speak on things or, or stir up any controversy, I completely understand. I, I do think with Kyrie specifically, he probably wants to focus on things that are more important, you know, um, just in terms of Black Lives Matter and everything that happened and, and how, how giving he was and um, how outspoken he was. I think maybe he wants to be able to focus on those things. And so if media 
or to maybe focus on um, the, the, the positive thing that's, things that he's doing, he'd, he would likely be more engaging. But um, because they're not going to focus on that and they're definitely going to focus on whatever drama is happening um, in um, behind the scenes, he probably is just like, it's best for me to take a step back. And I completely understand him for that. Like, do what you got to do, Kyrie. Um, just come back to us when you're ready because <laughs> you're hilarious. I love you. <laughs> what, you. What about you, Ashley? What are your thoughts on all this? I have many thoughts on this. So I, you know, opened my third eye, cleaned my chakra, <laughs> staged my room to really try and channel Kyrie Irving while I was thinking about this topic. And, you know, I think that to kind of gauge like where this trauma with him in the media and social media in general comes from like to me i just remember it when he broke up with kilani and he accused her in 2016 of oh. cheating on him with party next door yeah and oh, yeah. it ended up not being true but because of his mention of it and putting her on blast on social she got death threats she had a suicide attempt over it. Right. And mm -hmm. all of these like really horrible, tangible results came of the things that he said. Right. And so I think that a lot of people forget about it because it was like kind of mixed in like a music pop culture space and not necessarily in a basketball space. Um, but I understand why he's so concerned about the things that he says being misconstrued because who wouldn't be affected by something like that? Someone that you cared about, you know, tried an attempt on their life because of something that you said, a, a literal direct result of it. So I get why he's a little bit weary of the things he says in the media but as a media member i also understand and you know the players do have an obligation to speak to you so if you know that the things that you're saying are getting misconstrued then you also have the ability to keep it simple right. and you know right. give the the package <clears throat> basketball answers and then you know as a member of the media if you know someone's not going to give you anything guess what you kind of stop going to them, especially right. on a team where there are a lot of really captivating players. You have KD coming back. You have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's never shy on an opinion. You have, uh, you know, Karis Levert, who's a phenomenal player up and coming, uh, especially last season in the absence of KD and Kyrie. So, you know, I'm kind of torn. If that's what he wants to do, then cool. That's what he wants to do. Um, but I probably think there's a happy medium somewhere in there. Totally. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so odd because, um, especially if you're in media, like here is like the purpose of your job, especially if you're like a Brooklyn local reporter, right? Yeah. It's just like a beat writer and the star of the team doesn't want to talk to you. It's like, come on, man. I need quotes. I need canned quotes. And gold. Article that I'm writing. <laughs> and you know, it's going to be gold too. Cause he always says something interesting, whether you agree with it or not. It's always, right. it's always off the wall a little bit. It's thought provoking sometimes. Right. Um, and you know, I think, I think he is getting unfairly criticized in terms of people saying that, you know, he's like a bad person or he's not taking his job seriously or whatever the case may be. Like there's all kinds of like hyperbole online. Um, it doesn't uh, negate all of the positive things he's done, which Sandy kind of alluded to when you're talking about him basically su um, 
subsidizing the salaries of WNBA players who decided not to play in the bubble, uh, Black Lives Matter support, all that stuff. And like, you right. know, he's not people are like he's so crazy. It's like he wouldn't. What, what was the position the players voted him in? It was like vice president of the Players Association right. or something or the Players Union. Yeah. It's like so he's he has things to say. He's, he's effective. He's calling for change. You know, he's responsible enough to hold that role. Um, he might just be under misunderstood to a certain degree. Right. It'd be interesting if like the reporters made a commitment to like kind of engage on his terms. I wonder if like they would get more out of him by doing so, like perhaps, um, uh, elevating the causes that he's interested in or talking about the, talking about the game str- on a strict like on court basis, perhaps might be more, right. you know, beneficial or appealing to him. But yeah, it's just um, I I don't think it will last. I think he'll like not. I don't think he will break, but I think he'll just kind of <laughs> reengage in the middle of the season. Um, I, especially if he sees KD talking to the media, and I feel like KD's always been like pretty great with his responses and stuff mm-hmm. um, when it comes to beat reporters. So. Uh, I, I think that that's going to loosen up soon enough. And it's New York reporters are another level. So they're going to get him to talk somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think he can't help himself. I think that he can't help himself. And even if it's like a long ass Instagram text situation where if we're being dead ass, we're like, oh my God, congratulations. Or I'm sorry that happened because I didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there yeah. and we're like, oh, that's crazy. Because, like, <laughs> it goes with everything. Wow, that's crazy, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, so, is he going to be fine the whole season? Like, if he doesn't talk in post game, is he going to be. Pretty sure he's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think there's like an obligation in their contract right. to like engage for think, a few moments. I think, though someone would have to file a grievance. So I believe, and I honestly don't know if this is true or not, but I think that there's a certain element where it's like someone from the writers association would have to file a grievance because certain times players don't talk or they don't make themselves available after the game and then nothing happens. Like I've been sitting there waiting for someone before. That's true. Like, oh, they left. Actually, yeah. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. The person who files that grievance. Thanks, Terrence Ross. <laughs> Whoever files that grievance will just look terrible. Seriously, can you imagine? We need names. Do we do we support snitches or do we not support snitches? We always tell our kids, you know, don't tell secrets, and if someone does something wrong, say something. But like, that's I guess my question for you guys: What age does snitching become inappropriate? <laughs> when when do we become anti-snitch? <laughs> um, I think like I'm gonna say thirteen. 12 you're still a child you're i feel like you should see if you see something say something but after that it's just like come on shut up <laughs> mind your business <laughs> mind your business yeah you guys should put that on your merch right <laughs> once you're 13 mind your business <laughs> um, okay so i think that's everything for off season you know musings topics um the NBA starts in a few days. First preseason game is on the 11th, I believe. Uh, I honestly can't wait. I thought that I was like kind of basketball fatigued after the bubble. Um, but I've just kind of, you know, found that need to see NBA basketball again and see a rejuvenated Pascal Siakam because he was not himself in the bubble. So I feel like I haven't seen him play since March in reality. <laughs> so... Um, 
Thank you so much for being on the show, Ashley. Uh, if you guys missed it in the beginning, she has a piece recently in the Toronto Star called The Kickback. Uh, I implore you guys to check it out. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. We can't wait to have you on again in the future. Um, and Sandra, thank you as well. <laughs> and I'm also going to place... Um... <laughs> Sandra's like that, thanks. <laughs> How do you how do you like thank a person who's like always right. hosting with you? Like how does that go? Like I need to I need to search it. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's like a proper decorum when it comes to that, but I don't know it. <laughs> um I'm going to be sure to include um that name for Sidra's account. So if you guys are interested in or you have the means to donate to the causes that she's fundraising for, go ahead and do so. Um have a great night, everyone, and see you soon. See you next week or Tuesday rather, because we do have do have the live show. Um, on basketballnews.com and you can find it on the Twitter account. Uh, Peace out, everyone. Bye, guys.